3: so, today we have two sisters sitting down with two brothers, and fr- they're friends of ours. So, it was just kind of a fun, easy chat. But I did want to, in this intro, mention that Neil Thrasher of the Stan and Neil Thrasher we're sitting with is quite a renowned songwriter. Some of you guys may know his name or even some of his songs. He's had many number ones, including "There Goes My Life." Kenny Chesney recorded many Rascal Flat hits and number ones: "Fast Cars and Freedom," "Take Me There," "Why Wait." Many Jason Aldean hits and "Tattoos on This Town," "Flyover States," and "Rearview Town," and also the number one "How Country Feels" by Randy Houser. Um, He's had hits performed by Luke Bryan, Carrie Underwood, Tim McGraw, Ronnie Dunn, Reba McIntyre. The list goes on and on. If you know any of those songs, that's who we're chatting with today. So enjoy this fun conversation. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia.
0: We are here to have uplifting conversations about
3: life in the South, and we've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Well, we have a first for today. We are going to chat with the Thrasher brothers. Both are (laughs) Southerners, storytellers, and overall fun guys. I've gotten to know so many in their family, their beautiful wives, their parents who I adore. I've met all of your children, both of you, and your wonderful sister Tracy, and even one of her two kids. She's just got two, right? Yep, mm-hmm. so I've met one of them. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I know the Thrasher's fairly well. Oh, yeah. Um, Neil Thrasher is a country music singer-songwriter. He's had so many number one hits. Uh, we'll just have to put a list somewhere. But um, his brother Stan is in business that's taken him Traveling through small towns, back roads, and occasional diners all over the South. I'm curious to know some things about if you've given any song title tips to your brother, but we'll get to that. Uh, They grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and are both full of great stories. So let's just jump in. Welcome, y'all.
4: Well, thanks for having us. Good
2: to be here. We are not
4: the Thrasher Brothers.
3: Well, that's true. We are They're thrashers, west. and we
4: are
2: brothers, but the thrasher brothers was our dad. That's right. That's and the, uncles?
4: Yep, that was the name of, the, of their uh, gospel quartet. Amazing.
2: Those were guys that were wearing matching suits, running in a bus, filled with cigarette smoke Yes. down the interstate.
4: We always wondered, like, how could they go down the road for 40-some-odd years in a smoke tube and everybody come out of love? And they did. And they
2: did they did I mean in fact your
3: dad is still working full time good health yep
2: doing yeah does a lot of consulting work and uh, yeah dad's I mean it's amazing really Um, when they would come home um, and I always thought that it was kind of like one one concoction of a smell that like it was some (laughs) kind of cologne but really it was a cologne which was the base of it but it was sprinkled in with a little bit of uh, diesel fuel and cigarettes
3: All right.
2: yes now were you yeah, guys ever on accurate. this bus? Did Absolutely. you guys
3: roll around on this bus at uh, all? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Many Absolutely. Times. That's
4: how I got the music bug.
3: Is it right? Oh yeah.
4: From I've got there's pictures of us when we were little, three and four years old, standing outside the, the old forty one oh four uh, private coach getting ready to go out with dad.
3: Oh my. Yeah. Now they're in the Alabama Hall of Fam- music yes. hall of yep, fame. Yep, yep, They are. Yeah. That is cool. Yep. Stan. Tell me, do you have musical gifting? Well I'm, he can sing. He I just doesn't ju- sing. I know he can sing.
2: Really? I have gotten I've been fortunate enough to sing with Neil and Dad a few times at church. Sweet. We, we've done some three part harmony stuff. But you know, they're both world class singers. World class singers. And for me to be able to sing with them and, and add a little bit to that is fantastic. But I know where I, I know where I stand in that pecking order.
3: Well, you've got an a amus- musical appreciation like no other.
2: <laughs> well, I definitely got that.
3: We've um, had many a laugh over the years about yes. different music stories. And weren't you one of the early fans of widespread panic?
2: We were absolutely <laughs> the, the first time the band ever played in, in the state of Alabama was in our uh, our den at our house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we had a fraternity house that was off campus. What did they charge? $1200. $1,200. And the funny part about it was that they had an album out, and it didn't take them long to play that album. And so they took a second set and did nothing but dead cover tunes on the, uh, on the, on the second set. And then I think when that was done, we, we scraped our money together, like I got another 700 bucks, and they played some more.
3: And this was University of Alabama.
2: Yeah, University of Alabama, I think, in nineteen eighty nine. Now there'll be if there's any panic fans listening, they may correct me. It was either eighty nine or ninety, but all their shows are documented. So okay. it's so it's it's there. And how many of those have you attended? How many times have I seen Widespread? Over the years, probably I have I'll probably have seen them fifty times. Okay. But you're talking about a lot of years though. And they <laughs> did a lot of festivals.
3: Last time you saw them was
2: Right, it was in yeah. So it was it was nineteen on their last tour before COVID.
3: Wow, twenty nineteen, and was it where was that show? So I'm in
2: New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, Halloween night.
3: Wow. Yeah. Well, tell us about growing up in Birmingham, Alabama. What was that like? We'll start with Neil. What would you say about Birmingham as a as a young lad? We
4: didn't know anything else. I mean, I assumed that every neighborhood. Suburb neighborhood outside of a big city was like where we grew up, you know. It was mm-hmm. total middle class, and we did all the stuff that young kids do growing up, except, you know, when I wasn't jumping bikes or riding skateboards or <laughs> throwing pine cones at cars.
2: And he still rides skateboards. <laughs> if you go to his Instagram page. He was doing a handstand last week. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the truth.
4: If I wasn't doing that, you know, I was doing music. We had a band. We always had a band. We okay. always had a garage band. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Was it always country?
4: No. Okay. No, we did whatever, you know, we did everything. All right. Rock, country. In fact, I remember, because I was a huge KISS fan when I was young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, our dad and uncles had the bus company down there in Birmingham, and they had KISS out like in the mid-'70s, late-'70s on their buses. And um, always got some, you know. We, we dad would bring home some posters or stuff that they might have left on the bus or something. And uh, but the older we got, the more mom and dad kind of looked into what rock and roll was about, was and so, and, they, and they were like, no, you know, and they tried to steer us away yeah, from some that. of the church crowd <clears throat> would have had something right. to say about
3: that. Yeah.
4: So. Yeah. But it was growing. and the growing up down there was. Just like anything else. Just like anywhere else. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Other than our dad being a gospel music singer and him gone all the time. Because uh, he was gone a lot back okay. then. They did so many shows. But uh, other than that, it was pretty normal.
2: <laughs> I just was just thinking, talking about that and about Kiss. And, and, uh, <laughs> but it's funny because you would get, uh, I remember... I, I think it was maybe I wasn't an AC/DC fan But I remember this Neil wanted to get the The ACDC Back in Black record And I think my parents Kind of pitched a fit Because I remember oh. One of our cousins had it So And I'm thinking like Alright we can't listen to ACDC But It was perfectly fine To listen to any country music Where they're like You know I don't wanna have to marry you <laughs> yeah. I mean, You know <laughs> Yeah. Every country song you yeah. listened to was talking about yep. you know, cheating, you know, she's acting drinking single, TV. and I'm drinking Everything double. Bad. That was all good and, you know, and fun. can't listen to ACDC. Nope. You know Hell's Bells. bells. No. <laughs> I wasn't even listening to the lyrics. I mean, it was all about yeah. the sound.
4: Yeah, know? yeah. It was about rock and roll. I, know I wasn't a lyric guy back then.
3: Now, that's funny. Right. Because you turned into the lyric guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's transition to Tennessee. What brought your family up to Middle
4: Tennessee? Uh, music. 1983. Yep. They, Dad and them, uh, they went from gospel music to country music, and Dad moved up here to be around, to be in Nashville, to represent the Thrasher Brothers. And they had a record deal on MCA Records in the early 80s, I think 80, 81. 81 is when they signed their record deal to MCA. and. I graduated high school in '83, and I came, I moved up here right after I graduated, Okay. and uh, never left. I'm still here, Thank and you. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but I came up here to sing, you know. I came up here to be a star, and I did all the, you know, joined bands and did this and did that, and and the writing kind of evolved. From so that, that was
3: what I was thinking. So you, yeah. at that point, came to be an artist. Yes. Were you already writing a little bit? Nope. Not at all. Nope. Okay.
4: Nope, I I wasn't even interested in writing till I met Lana. I mean, I I had peddled with it a little bit, but I didn't get serious with it till I
3: met her. Okay, because she was on that side. Yep. And so she said, "You could do this."
4: Okay. Yes. Yep. We were doing. I was singing with a with a band, uh, and we were doing a show in Beaumont, Texas. And uh, Garth Brooks was on the show, and it was just he was in he was recording his second record, the No Fences album. And he was just taking off, really. The dance, I think, was on the radio, and he was just becoming Garth Brooks. Okay. Where the world was getting to know who he was. And he was on the show, and he heard us. He was sitting out front while we were doing our sound check, and he liked the way we sounded. And he asked us to come, when we got back to Nashville, to come sing on the No Fences record on one of the songs on there. Come on. And then that's where I met Lanica. She worked for for them, ran that publishing company, and uh, that's how we met.
3: Now, yeah, and sh- I'm so glad she saw in you that you could do this because this not only got you writing but kept you from having to be on the road all the time.
4: That's right, it, and and that kind of happened over time too. Because when we were married and when Allie, my first our, our first daughter, was born, that whole first year I was on the road doing radio tour, and that was ninety five, ninety six. Okay, and um, and I was writing a lot. Then she had set us up, set me up with some some co writers that she knew that had had a bunch of Garth Brooks hits and, and they were kind enough to write with me. And Atlanta. and I got to figure out, figure out my own deal, you know, and figure out how I like to do things and the way I like to say things and my melodies and everything like that. And it all took off, and I was actually out on the road when I had my first hit in 96. And that Which was, a, was? That was a Diamond Rio song. That's what I get for loving you. Okay. And then we kept doing our artist thing. And, kept, and then in 99 rolls around, we still... I hadn't broke yet on radio. And we're still doing our thing, doing our second album. And then I had another hit in 99 with Reba, What Do You Say? And that was what, that's when I went, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I devoted all my time to writing. So I quit the road. Okay. Told everybody I'm done. I'm going to go write full time. Best decision I ever made.
3: Wow. Now, today, how much are you writing?
4: Still writing a lot. I thought i'd be done by now like and we're what talking I mean, oh.
3: even is what does that look like in a week are you writing how many days
4: it goes in phases okay it does it goes in some some months i'm writing just about every day okay oh uh, you know i'll come up here in the zoom thing now covid was kind of in that way for me was kind of a blessing because i get to zoom right now and i get to stay here and i I'll put my golf clothes wow. on in the morning, come up here and write for 3 hours Zoom write with 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 one of my buddies, and then I go play golf.
2: Wow. And if we could paint a picture where we are right now for all the listeners, we're surrounded by deer heads, guitars, and a lot of awards. So
3: <laughs> Now, Stan, I want to know, have you you drive through small towns yeah. all the time? Have you ever said to Neil, "Hey, you should do a song about XYZ?"
2: No. Really? Now now just maybe kidding I, and I don't remember what the song was, but I, I tried to play it serious one day and uh, I called him and and uh, <laughs> I remember what the song was but I called him and, and Neil was actually riding with somebody and uh, oh I know what it was. And I said, man I have got the best I was driving and I've got like the best um, little hook for a song and I could and I couldn't see Neil's face, but I could certainly just like Picture him going like what I'm busy and I was like, uh, I was like, he goes something like this, headed for a heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> and just started laughing. That's is that a uh, that's that's uh, slaughter, that's a slaughter song, yeah, or was that winger? No, it was winger, that was winger. But slaughter. He's always yeah, calling
4: me and too. singing me, yeah, headbanger, yeah. you know, 80s metal lines. Oh, I'll write songs all the time in the car, Uh especially when I go down to uh, Louisiana once a year. Uh, Sometimes I'll take the Natchez Trace Parkway. Oh, yeah. And it's about, if I take the trace the whole way, it's pretty much from point to point, from from here to Natchez, Mississippi. and uh, Because I go hunting down there right across the river in Louisiana. Okay. And I'll write all the way down. Cause it's peaceful. I said I'm not passing eighteen wheelers. I'm not yeah. going 80 miles an hour. You know, I'm doing 50, 55, and it's beautiful and it's relaxing and I can think. Yeah. And I can I can write verses and courses
3: all the way down. So what does that look like? You just putting it in your phone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
4: I'll speak it in my phone. Yeah. I'm not texting and driving, even on the Parkway.
3: A couple of your You've had such a long career With so many highs I want to know A couple of your Favorite moments From your songwriting career
4: Mm, Favorite moments Well, I'm sure My first hit Was probably I was in Steubenville, Ohio I'll tell you about that This is my first one I was in Steubenville, Ohio On radio tour And I got a phone call From Lana and she was crying about this check we got in the mail. You know, and it was like the first yeah first time we'd seen anything like that and, and uh I'll never forget that. That was probably the you know, the highlight. Yeah. Was getting everything kicked off like that. And we I remember we bought our first condo with it. And um so that was probably the the first highlight. Um Getting to go to Vegas, when There Goes My Life got nominated for Song of the Year. That was a highlight, getting to go to Vegas. And then we lost, and it went down. Ah, that, it turned into a, no, I'm kidding. It was, it was
2: fabulous. A, did you lose two? Was that Breathe? N- no.
4: We, I think uh, Three Wooden crosses, one song of the year.
2: And that's a song that's definitely where... In- that never was played on country, was it? Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. It was a big hit. There Goes My
3: Life is one of my favorite songs you've written.
4: Thank you. That was a good one. And and that Did was probably. Did you come
3: up with that concept? No,
4: that was Wendell. Wendell had that okay. title because the first verse of the song, Wendell lived. Okay. That was his life. I mean, he he went through that.
3: And so he's speaking of Wendell Mobley, who yep, he writes that's with right. a good bit. That's
4: right. He and I wrote that song. But the, and that was our first really, really big hit. That was
3: a good song. Yep. And Take Me There is another one of my favorites. That was a good
4: awesome, one. We, yeah. Wendell and I wrote that with Kenny Chesney.
3: That's a good one. And
4: that was Kenny's idea.
3: That's fine. That's right.
4: He had the title in the first line. Okay. And That's then fun. And then we brought it home.
3: Well, you've had several that I like, but those are two of my favorites. Well, thank you. I want to hear a little bit about the story of the song Changed.
4: Oh, that was when uh, that whole idea... I wrote that first verse down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Okay. When uh, Allie got baptized in the Gulf of Mexico. That's which awesome. I thought was the coolest thing ever. And they all... Uh, her and the preacher waited out. You know, the waves weren't that bad, but they waited out there. and She got baptized. We couldn't hear a thing he was saying either. We were all standing on... And we could just see his mouth moving. We couldn't oh. hear anything. And then... But you saw it. It didn't matter, you know. Watch. Yeah. And he... And when she got baptized... I wrote the first verse of that song.
3: Just came to it. Or it wasn't the whole
4: first verse, I don't think. It was like the first four lines or so. Yeah. And then brought it back and, and, and we finished it. And, uh, um, and then Gary and Rascal Flats recorded it. Yeah, that was yep. such
3: a great song, too. And there's something so beautiful about getting baptized in a natural body of water. Oh, yeah. I just love that. I got yeah. baptized in the Gulf of Mexico, too. Really? When I was about 15. Oh, All three fun.
2: of my kids did, too. Yeah, oh, demo. Uh, love that. Yep. Sure did. I came up
4: out of the water. Raised my hands up to the Father gave it all to him that day felt a new and kiss my face
0: is there a song neil that you love the lyrics to so much that you wish that you had written them yourself gosh a bunch of
4: there's a bunch of those there's so Anything many good you want to
0: claim <laughs> as your as one you wished you'd written
4: um it's funny cuz in Gives out a gives, they have these awards they give out. Um, they send out um ballots to all the writers that says, songs you wish you'd written, okay? You know, and I and, I I, I, cool and there goes my life. And flyover states were two that all my peers voted on, like they wish they'd have written. That's cool. And I've voted on stuff like the house that built me is one That's of a them. Great it's one. you know, Tom Douglas and Alan Shamblin, those, th- those two writers. Just, they kill it, you know. Um, I know that Alan's a writer on the house that built me. I think Tom is. I'm not sure, but um, um, let's see. God, there's so many.
3: And it doesn't even have to just be country. No, uh,
4: but country is just so lyrically strong, you know. It is. It is. And and the like the story behind it is well with my soul. Uh-huh. You know that the story behind that song is like that's that's probably one of them. Um,
3: I, I concur 100%. Yeah. yeah. I want to be able to say that if I've lived through that. Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, since we're a Southern podcast, I want to know, what are some of your favorite places in the South? And we'll start with Stan.
2: Well, you can't, it's hard to uh, talk about somewhere in the South that doesn't involve food. Because everything is so aligned with with, with food. That's right. Um, certainly, we can talk about all different types of places across the South. But uh, being that we're from Birmingham, and I've gotten to go back there a couple of times, uh, this actually went one time this year. There is a cafeteria that is in North Birmingham. It's called Nikki's West. It's been there forever. And um, Birmingham, for those that don't know, has a huge Greek. Uh, Population. A lot of Greeks migrated there over the years, and most of them, a lot of them, opened up restaurants. Mm-hmm. And some, anyway, this place is as southern as it gets. Okay, you can get in there, and you can get fried green tomatoes, or whatever, every day, and you can get that with a side of Greek snapper. I mean, you know what <laughs> i mean yeah, funny. yeah. I have the falafel and the <laughs> turnip greens. I mean, but you can get any of that. But it's all really, really good food. And everybody in Birmingham comes and eats there, and and I remember even going with some friends of ours before an Alabama game, and I don't care what class, what background you come from, what color you are, everybody converges on this place at lunchtime.
3: That's what I love, like about a meet and three. Yeah, you see the politician does. next and, to and the... It's a big
2: place. They get you in there and get you out of there, mm-hmm. cafeteria style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's wonderful, and that that would be one place. If if I had to say one other place, and um, we, Lanny, you and know, I've talked about this before, but if you get down into the Mississippi Delta, crazy enough as it is, there's a huge um, Italian lineage there because Italian migrants came over and worked the cotton fields along all of the the. Slaves and and descendants of the slaves, so you can go in any little town in the Delta, and there'll be an Italian restaurant, and it's it's unbelievable, wow. It's unbelievable, yeah. some of the best Italian food you'd ever have in your life in Greenwood, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. so, it's a couple places.
4: I love me some South Alabama. I've written, I've got a song that I wrote called Lower Alabama. That's kind of a little just youthful description of what it's like going through there.
2: Yeah, one of the best songs you ever wrote, too. By the way, it's an amazing song.
4: But it's uh, um, that that whole area is is uh, special to us um, because I'm a huge seafood. I love seafood. I love shrimp. Yeah, um,
3: coastal
2: brings about its own. It does beauty and in food time. industry. That's right. <laughs> Neil would never tell this on himself, and he probably doesn't even remember it. But the song he just mentioned. He wrote that song know, a decade or so ago. No, it's been longer than that. He probably wrote it oh, 20 it's long- years ago. No, 20 it's years ago. at least 20 years ago. But he sang that song acoustically at the Alabama Music Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And in that induction ceremony, I want—I think Alabama, the group Alabama got inducted. I think Jimmy Buffett did. There was some other ones, some big ones. And Neil gets up there and sings Lower Alabama and got a standing ovation in front of probably like 5,000 people. they So cool. It was like the biggest the biggest ovation the entire (laughs) night was that song the thing about it is is it i mean i don't know why i mean i guess because it mentions alabama in there um but i think a lot of artists kind of shy away from it
4: well it talks about how different we are from everywhere else california and just and it kind of it's kind of an invitation to come down here and check it out i love it just drive through it you know
3: if some listeners wanted a quintessential southern experience where are you going to tell them to go You've already kind of mentioned a couple of things that they could
2: glean from as to where to go. I would think the quintessential Southern experience, would for me, it wouldn't be anything touristy-wise, but take a take a drive from Birmingham to, say, Destin, Florida, or take a drive from Birmingham. Not down the interstate. Not down the interstate. No or no. Yeah, but take, it's in that song, we just mentioned Lower Alabama, Highway 231. I mean, take that and make stops in all these little towns of ops ozark alabama troy alabama all these different places and stop and eat eat there um, and in the summertime certainly you know there's produce stands everywhere People are selling right. tomatoes and stuff stop and and talk with those folks i mean to me that's it it's, it's not going to a museum 100 i agree I mean, it's just getting out on a, on a day seeing what's happening hill country of texas
3: oh uh, i haven't been there yet
2: i love a float lo- on a river
3: i've done that there. i took my Have son you? we
2: floated the kamau a couple uh, of years ago in the new Braunfels. it was a blast i would it, i love the hill country if you get up into dripping springs and another town called bee cave and there's fredericksburg there's a heavy german influence in all those areas down there and that's where the texas barbecue scene came from mm-hmm. um, all the germans smoked their meats yes like the sausages and all that and that's where brisket all of that came from and it's a different type of cuisine obviously different type of barbecue but i just love that area it's beautiful there
0: well we've touched on food i wondered if there is a southern meal doesn't even have to be something served in a restaurant but a southern meal that you've had that just really stands out to you
2: i remember and i'm going to a long story but we used to go down to uh, where my dad's mother was from a little town called cragford alabama and I remember we had a great great aunt. Her name was Willa. and Willa would cook for us down there. And I, when I think about old Southern meals, that's what I think of: mm-hmm. uh, fried chicken, fried okra, sliced tomatoes, mm-hmm. cornbread. And I do. And if you remember when we were young, the chickens were not as big as they are today. So uh, you got like a little chicken leg and a chicken breast, and, uh, and they cooked it in an iron skillet, and uh, it had its own flavor, its own taste. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That's probably, that would be it. That'd be
4: it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with down to country down in Alabama. Yeah, same, yeah, exactly. Exactly the same thing. My mom's mom. Yes. Was, I used to live for those, the breakfasts that she would that oh, she would yeah. make. I mean, that was what it was all about. You sleep all night in a comfortable bed under a bunch of handmade quilts. and You get up and go in there. Because I've been drinking coffee since I was like four. That's wow. That's where I started drinking coffee. My goodness. It was down there.
2: Yeah, that's 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 no lie. And
4: nothing, nothing went down better than the way she fried eggs, the way she made biscuits, the way she fried white meat and bacon, and nothing, and nothing went down it's all better called, than
2: that. It's called sausage grease. And that
4: was no, it's, it's that bolder. was yeah, and that was uh, dripulator coffee. That was old school. That's boiling water, not percolator dripulator coffee, where you boil the water and. And these old aluminum dripulators, and I still have some. I kept them,
2: but there was nothing better than that. One thing that I really like to cook. There, there are so many things. I will tell you what. I mean, it, it, and that's like anything it, that can change, depending on what time of year it is, or what you're, what you're, what you're wanting, or whatever. But. And it takes forever to do it. But I do have a shrimp and grits recipe that I don't make that often, but it's very, very good. The mm-hmm. only thing about it is, is when you make the grits, because you use the stone ground grits. Of course. You, it, you have to continually stir them for like 45 minutes. For real? Do you cook goes, it in um. chicken
3: chicken stock? Or, oh, yeah. yeah. You, know,
2: you add the chicken stock to it. And it keeps going then you then you add the, the cheese at the very end mm-hmm. of it but that's just that's a whole other thing just yeah. in itself yep and uh and then you have to make the the sauce at the it the, the this particular recipe is one that chris hastings has from hot and hot fish club in birmingham and he doesn't do anything halfway right but he's a fantastic local guy from birmingham and uh, i would say he's probably second to frank stint as far as uh, influence that he's had on southern cooking and a lot of other chefs. Mm-hmm. Those guys spawned so many people, even up here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's his recipe, and it's a great. All one. right,
3: I'm going to have to have that one yeah. of these days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last question. I want to know what do you want people to know about the South?
4: It's so diverse, and it's as far as the landscaping and everything goes. You know, some people I think have when they say the South, they think it all looks the same. And yeah, it, and it's not,
3: and that the people are all the same. Yeah,
4: and they're not, and this is. Uh, you you have heard a lot of people say that aren't from here, and they get down here and they just love the people. Yep. You know, because the people make the South.
3: That is right. Yeah,
4: and and most of the time they don't leave.
3: That's why I don't think a touristy thing is the thing to see That's right. when you come. That's right. Go talk to the person selling the
2: tomatoes.
4: Yeah. Southern hospitality is not just a it's not just a, a saying; it's a real thing.
2: It is from all ages, all races. We have so many uh, wonderful, welcoming people.
4: And a lot of people, uh, I think, the South has been given the reputation too over the years for being probably one of the most racist areas in the world, and it's one of the least. Racist areas in the world.
3: Yeah, I spoke on this podcast one time about a, f- a friend of mine who was Jewish who moved here from Chicago, yeah. and he was kind of worried about it. <laughs> and he said, I felt actually strangely esteemed yes. instead of yes. shamed here.
4: It's true. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a myth. It may, it may have used to have been that way back in the you know years course, and years ago. Of course. It's totally the opposite now. It's completely the opposite. You need to go. You need to go through Louisiana and meet those people. Yeah, meet meet that because they're a different breed in Louisiana. They're a different breed in in southern Mississippi and southern Alabama than they are in northern Alabama and northern Mississippi. It's you have a you have a huge mix of characters. Yeah, all over the south.
2: And in, in, in for instance, in southern Mississippi, when you get down into Gulfport, Biloxi, and those areas, those people have been through so much down there. They took the brunt of of Katrina, yes, but but they have they have gotten hit by so many storms and natural disasters down there. The oil spill, all of those things, and they are the most relentless people you mm-hmm. have ever met. It's like Neil said, they're they're their own little clique in southern Miss, in on the on the in coastal Mississippi, and, and very very cool, very cool people.
4: But they don't keep it to themselves. They're they're you see blacks and whites helping each other like. In times like that when, when, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, they, it's just
3: no walls.
4: If, if they, if they really wanted to see, see what it's like when people come together of all different races, all different, everything, all different types, go down there, I love video it. some of that after a natural disaster Yeah, and see if anybody's helping. You, you think you want, you want to see something that ain't, you know, that's very diverse and very, um, yeah. If you're going to do the South, do it all. That's good. Even East Texas. Yeah. I consider good. East Texas part of the South. Yes. Yeah. Most of, yeah. a lot
2: of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has a little bit of a Louisiana influence yeah. into.
4: I just got back from Longview, Texas, and it was like, I felt like I was in Mississippi. You know, even the terrain. That's the cool. people, the people, you know, go from there through Arkansas, through Mississippi, through Alabama, through Georgia, swing down through Florida and come on up around the Carolinas and back through Tennessee. and You'll get it all. That's
2: very. That's what they call the pine curtain.
3: Very good. Well, I could talk to y'all all day long. You're so much fun. Thank you so much for taking time to sit with us. Absolutely. Thank you. This was
4: fun. It
2: just the time has flown by.
3: I know. I heard a stomach growl. I think we better stop. <laughs> We're
4: that I was could. that was mine. <laughs> I keep thinking about that How do you say it? Charcuterie. charcuterie board.
3: Well, I thought don't get don't ask about movies. Stan will get talking about the Apostle, and we'll be up here. Oh, for we enough.
2: can we can
4: do some Apostle. <laughs> Let <laughs> me tell
2: you what that is like. You talking about like the the ideal southern movie? That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. Book y'all, that's your that's absolutely. Your no, there's a question cause that takes place in East Texas and then moves on over into Louisiana, Bayou Boutte. Yes.
3: <laughs> All right. Peace be with you guys. And peace be with y'all. So with y'all. Or yin's. Or
4: yin's. Peace be with yin's.